Welcome to the Tier One Podcast, bringing you interviews with the brightest minds in the shooting industry. Get unique insights to help you shoot better, survive longer, and outperform your competition. Brought to you by Tier One, the world's best shooting accessories. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode six, I think. We're up to episode six. Uh, on this episode, we've got Kalen Wojcik. Kalen is the founder of Modern Day Sniper. He runs a website, moderndaysniper.com, and a, a hugely successful podcast. Um, definitely check that out. It's also called Modern Day Sniper. It's on Apple uh, Podcasts, I believe. It's also on Podbean. I think that's where it's hosted. He hosts that with... Uh, his co-host Phil Vallejo and it's packed full of really really cool stuff so we get kind of a condensed version of that in this in this episode. Um, Kalen is now an instructor in the art of long-range shooting and uh, his mission is to create well-rounded riflemen. Um, as you'd expect from an instructor there's lots of tips and tricks and things you can do things you can avoid drills that you can run this afternoon uh, after listening to this or you know if you're going on uh, a range day soon all sorts of things you can take out and, and actually put into practice so a hugely uh, actionable episode here a um, couple of funny stories as well about uh, being put on the spot and asked to snipe a sheep at 700 meters in uh, or 700 yards in windy conditions so some cool stuff like that i think you'll really enjoy this episode i certainly did uh, enjoy recording it so without any further ado i think i'll hand you over to kalen wojcik of modern day sniper thanks for tuning in yeah man um i appreciate the opportunity first and foremost um this is this is awesome i love i love being able to do these things and communicate and share with with other audiences and and again, thank you for the opportunity to do that. And so my pleasure. Uh, for you guys that, um, you know, my background is um, I started on this, on this path when I was, um, you know, a Padawan, my parents, my dad did not hunt or shoot. So I kind of taught myself how to do this. Um, I started hunting when I was 12. Um, I've got BB guns when I was like 10 and I started to you know, shoot birds and squirrels and stuff in the backyard. And, and that eventually uh, led to, you know, actually, I think I bought my first, I bought a shotgun. Um, and then I bought a centerfire rifle because I, I read a lot of books when I was a kid. Um, voracious reader. Like I was reading Tom Clancy by the time I was like 12, 13 years old. Yeah, so right. um, and big books. Yeah, they were, you know, it was just like I had my, my brain needed that, needed that stim. And once I like opened the book and started to turn a couple pages, I always was super fascinated with the military. I had a lot of lineage in my family from military members. And so I was always really intrigued by it. And it was, it was this glorif that, you know, this, this glorifying thing. And so I wanted to just consume as much as I could. And then I started to read about snipers and, then I was like, well, that's pretty much my cup of tea because I love being in the woods. I love, you know, I love hunting and that's really all snipers do is you are, you, you go on hunting trips, right? That's pretty much yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, um, so I bought my first centerfire rifle when I was 14 and I lived in a rural portion of New York state and, um, I would take it out to apple orchards and, uh, and, and like I taught myself how to shoot it at distance. Like I would 
say, okay, well, if I can hit a pie plate at 300 yards, cool. Then we're going to move that apple bin back another hundred yards and see if I can hit it again. And I started loading my own ammunition because, you know, at 14 years old, I didn't have much money to buy loaded 30 odd six cases. And so, yeah, man, I joined the Marine Corps when I was a uh, uh, couple months shy of 18 years old. And oh, that's really? when the path started, man. And, and, um, uh, I spent time in the Marine Corps, uh, pretty much my first enlistment or my first half of my first enlistment. I was just, I was a regular infantry guy, which was really good because it allowed me to learn how the infantry worked and it allowed me to better support the infantry as a sniper, because it's pretty much all you do as a sniper is you are an infantry Marine, but you're there to support the main effort of the actual, of the rifleman. So, um, I feel just, is that Sorry to interrupt your flow there. No, did that ahead. set you up with good fundamentals as, as a rifleman in the Marines or did you learn that later? Um, well, the Marine Corps teaches you, the Marine Corps does teach you how to shoot um, very well, uh, as a matter of fact, especially like from the, the standpoint of like when you're at boot camp, they have to have a system in place and being a, being a, a firearms instructor for 20 years now in, in one way, shape or form, the only way that you can get students to, to progress is to, is to give them a system. And the right. Marine Corps has figured out at that point in time anyways, I think it helped that I had a desire to learn, right? I think it helped that like I was super pumped to go to the rifle range. I was like, yeah. sweet, we can yeah. actually go to the right and shoot. Yeah. And so like I poured everything that I had into listening to everything that my primary marksmanship instructor told me. Yeah. Um, and knowing that I had a baseline established, but I also went into it with like, I don't know shit and I'm just here to learn. Yeah. And these guys are going to help me achieve my goals. And that's, right. and I think that's part of being a good student too, is like, yeah, you know, releasing, releasing the ego aspect of it and saying, all right, yeah. well, I'm just here to learn. Yeah. And so when I got into, you know, into the sniper program, um, Honestly, like I didn't know a fraction of what we know now in terms of shooting really? and in terms really? of the science of shooting. And so um, we, uh, we learned a lot and we didn't we just kind of really was going through the motions. Um, a lot of institutional inertia was happening and we were like, ah, we're just doing this because that's the way it was done before. And then when I got into, when I, when I, when I became an instructor at the basic course, that's when I really started to dive deep into like, okay, I need to get these guys to pass. Like I need to get them. I need that. Like my job here is to make snipers. So I can't just fail yeah. people. I'm here to, I'm here to, to pass people. Yeah. And, and, so you, and you I, want them to be good, right? You yeah. Be, yeah. Like that's really my job. Effective. Yeah. And, and so we, you know, we, uh, like I, I started implementing the ballistic computer programs from like the Sierra ballistics and X ball in 2001, trying nice. to figure out better ways of, of getting students to a, you know, to the end goal. You know, yeah. like if, if I didn't have to spend three days or four days shooting yard lines to get data and I can only do it in one, perfect. Let's do that because I can really use those three days to work on moving targets or, you know, wind calls at, at distances beyond 500 yards and things like that. So that's where my mind was. Um, and then I did a combat deployment in 2004 and quickly realized that although the knowledge was there, 
the application was not even close to being sufficient. Really? Yeah, not even close. Um, in terms of like something as simple as like data management. Okay, well, all right, we had our dopes memorized every hundred yards, but shooting a 308 at, you know, 700 to 800 yards, it's a big difference in terms of drop value from 700 to 800 yards and splitting the difference isn't always going to work. It'll get yeah. you in a ballpark, but yeah. um, when I need bullets to hit targets, like not, not hitting steel, but like, I need this to, I need this guy to stop yeah. doing yeah. that changes everything. And, then, and is that first shot you need, you need first shot accuracy or you, do you get two shots in that scenario or it, what are you aiming for? It really depends. Like, um, in, in most, in most combat applications, you're going to have extremely limited exposure targets. I mean, you're only going to be shooting at a part of a, of a, of a silhouette. You might yep. be shooting at a muzzle flash. You might be shooting right. at like the part of somebody's face as they're trying to peek out around behind a corner. And so yeah. your, your ability to be not only surgically precise, but fast at the same time, it yeah. was like, whoa. And it's like moving targets as an example too. Like, there's a big difference shooting a you know a silhouette target that's walking at three miles an hour, you know, yeah. on the rifle range to somebody that's literally running for their life yeah. across this yeah. open as fast as they can, and you still have to be able to hit that. Like the whole bull, the, it's all bullshit. The one shot, one kill stuff. It's bullshit. It doesn't. Right. Work that way. Yeah. Now, we want to achieve. We want to get as close as we can to first round impacts, but in a in a combat scenario like. I'm looking to get you to stop doing what you're doing. Like I want to remove you from the fight. So if yeah. that means, if that means I hit, if that means I put a bullet into, you know, if I miss low and hit somebody in the hip, yeah. who cares? Right. That's just going to stop. They're going to stop and it's going to require more people to go retrieve that guy yeah. and expose, you know, so it's all, that's where, that's where that is. And so, okay. but when we went to combat, we realized like, Whoa, okay. So these loads that we're carrying, never trained for that didn't train for that um things like body armor we didn't have body yeah. armor until we went overseas and then it was like oh, really? oh here's another 15 pounds of shit to carry and uh, and you got to lay on it it's like right you, so you're up when you're prone right all of these things all of these things started to contribute to okay we need to rethink this we need to rework this um and that just continues to develop and drive content, drive curriculum and producing better, more efficient snipers. And that's, you know, and so like after I did that deployment, um, I got hurt on that deployment and uh, those, those, that injury caused me to have end my career. So yeah. So I got out of the Marine Corps in 2005 on a medical uh, discharge and, um, I moved up here to Washington state and started teaching for teaching precision shooting for like a bunch of security companies, uh, doing contract work. I started a couple of businesses on my own kind of small time stuff, which eventually led me to work for Magpul. And then from yes. Magpul started my own business, which is now modern day sniper. Right. And how long has modern day sniper been up and running now? Uh, modern day sniper has been a brand since last November. Okay. So it's pretty new. It's very new. Yeah. But it's taken off. It's taken off. And really the only people that we have to thank for that are our followers and our listeners really. Um, 
you know, you guys are the ones that are, that are helping us push this forward. And we've, um, you know, I've got a fantastic team. It's really just myself and my wife. Uh, my wife has a lot of background in business. Um, her name is Cassandra and she absolutely kills it. She crushes it. And, um, she's fantastic. also got, she's got a small team herself that she knows, like she, she's the project maestro, right? She's yeah. the, you know, she's bringing a lot of this stuff together and, um, yeah. which has allowed us to do the things like the online training stuff that, that we just released, which is fantastic. Right. So I was going to ask you about this later, but now's a good time as you brought it up. you uh, I think it's called the schoolhouse. The online schoolhouse. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So tell us a bit about what you're doing there. Cool. So, um, the online schoolhouse, what we wanted to do, I, I wanted to do something different with online training. And I think a lot of our marketing in, in this space is, is quite antiquated. And the reason that I realized that it was antiquated was I started to look into other areas of business or other industries that my, yeah. my wife was exposing me to. And she was like, Hey, look, see how these people do it over here. Yeah. And I would look at, I'd be like, Whoa, that's super rad. Like what, what we're not like, why, why is the gun industry this? not doing this? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and it's okay. It's a progression and it's, you know, it's, um, and, and I don't even think we're giving, there, there's no trade secrets here. Like all you got to do yeah. is do some research and, and start yeah. looking at things and applying them. And, and she does a lot of online courses okay. and she's, uh, she's also, she's a yoga instructor. She's a yoga teacher. Yeah. So oh, awesome. um, very, as very accomplished as well. Like she's done a lot of, a lot of training. And so I started to look at how, that industry was organized and structured with regard to how they presented information. And I was like, okay, all right, this is, that's the inspiration right there because yeah. I, I like doing things very systematically and a lot of online training in our industry now is, is pretty much like, all right, we're either going to subscribe, you're going to do a monthly subscription and you're just going to kind of have access to whatever video it is that I decide to throw up on the, on the world wide yeah. web this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool, but there's no structure. There's no path or it's like, Hey, pay this amount of money and you have access to these 60 something videos that yeah. don't really have any direction. There's no curriculum associated. There's no path. There's no uh, guidance. And that's what we wanted to do differently. I want to eventually, my goal is to create an online course for every in-person course that we have because there is a barrier for entry and there's a barrier for entry to training because in generally speaking, it costs far more for a student to come train than the tuition itself, actually like three to four times more. We start yeah. talking about ammo. We start talking about travel. We start talking yeah. about plane tickets and rentals and, and yeah. food and lodging. And it's like, it adds up. And so for somebody yeah. to say, I'm going to commit to a four day precision rifle course. Well, that's a significant portion of your, of your vacation, man. Like mm -hmm. that, that you could be taking away from time with your family. And so yeah. there's a barrier for entry and we're going to change that. And we're totally like, I wish to completely disrupt the marketplace with that. Because awesome. like, if you, if you have the ability to organize and structure your, you know, an, an online curriculum, um, obviously the best thing is to be there to get that in-person coaching. That's yeah. really, really important, but you can do, you can do a lot on your own with, with, with dedication and discipline. My feeling is, is it's, it's in that last bit. I mean, you'd know better than me, but I feel like if the, the student has to come prepared, 
and they have to be pre-framed in the right way mm-hmm. for that course to be effective, right? If they, and that's the problem with you've just mentioned of how courses are normally operated online. It's like, there's the portal, there's the 60 lessons have at it, you know, right. and maybe you do three, four, five, you know, whatever. And then you sort of lose interest and you come back a month later and then you lose interest. Right. But if you, it's almost like if you make it hard for that person, uh, maybe that's the wrong phrase, but you get their commitment before the course. Yes. And then what you're teaching really goes in. You really actually have some effect on that. Student. Exactly. Exactly. And so like when we look at it from that, from that point of view, we say, okay, I like, I need to take you through a progression. And that's why we started off with, you know, the, we have two free courses in there. One is like on rifle safety, which I think is obviously super, super important. Um, yep. Then you have also rifle cleaning. All right. So it's okay, like, yep. yeah, rifle cleaning. Are there a gazillion videos on, on YouTube that talk about rifle cleaning? Absolutely. They sure yeah. are. Who has the time to sift through all that stuff to find out what's, you know, what's what. And I'm not saying that modern yeah. day sniper is the end all be all. I'm just saying that we want, I wanted to put that into one place, A to Z. And so that way it's not something that you have to go fish around and say, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And then we started off with the circle of components and the circle of components is probably one of the biggest things that people take for granted in this sport of, of precision shooting is not understanding how your rifle is assembled and right. all the components that actually go into making a precision shooting system. That's something that we wanted to focus real hard on. And the, the, the circle of components course basically will allow you to build your own rifle provided that you have all the components. We take you from A to Z. This is a pile of parts. This is the stuff that you need to know about a barrel. This is the stuff you need to know about an action. This is how we yeah. put a barrel onto an action. This is how you set headspace, all those things. And, and so yeah. um, the end goal is, all right, now we have this rifle. I'm going to teach you how to test the ammunition, figure out, you know, what, what ammo shoots best out of your rifle. And we got it zeroed. Then we cut that yeah. course off. All right. Now we got that stuff done. Next thing that we yeah. need to do is to teach you how to shoot it. Yeah. And then we released fundamentals of marksmanship. And so, ah, so it's other, a drip fed. Yeah. It's a drip. It's a progression, right? It's, it's wow. exactly the same way per, we progress in our courses and in our in-person courses. Yeah. Oh, I'm not restricted by time. I'm not restricted by saying, okay, well, I only have four days with these guys and I can't spend five hours talking about how a precision rifle is built, but yeah. I can on the internet. Right. Yeah. So now you yeah. have that. Now you have that stuff for life you know? Yeah. And, and that's the cool, like the same thing with the fundamentals. Like I, we, our fundamentals course is five hours of content. Wow. Just the so, fundamentals. Just yeah, fundamentals. Okay. And so yeah. like, like if you want to focus on your grip, okay, there's, there's 12 minutes, 15 minutes of me talking about the grip of the shooting hand. Right. Really? Yeah. So it's, so it gives you an opportunity to, to have this, this evergreen content. What I mean by evergreen means that it's going to last forever. It's going to, now that you've purchased yeah. it, it's there forever. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we also, the pricing aspect of things is like, we're learning as we go here. This is our first foray into this. Um, and so we're trying to figure that out and, like it is what it is. There's a cost to, to develop this content, right? There's a cost associated with it. So 
and it's yeah, not, yeah, it's not a small cost either. So yeah, and I really didn't realize what I was getting myself into until we sat down and I started writing down the curriculum, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> it's hours, and you're committed too because you've yeah, got, you're done. Yeah, you're listeners done. now. Yeah, it's it's like stepping off. It's like stepping off an airplane. As soon as you take, yeah. as soon as that one foot leaves the airplane, you're like, all right, dude, this is it. We're, we're going for it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But it's been a blast. It's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun to do. It's been a, a learning experience in terms of like video production. It's been a learning uh -huh. experience in like editing, and it's awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So we got Fantastic. some super cool stuff coming this fall. Super cool stuff. So I'm excited. Oh, very good. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, I'll ask again at the end, but what's the website that people can find that at? Uh, just moderndaysniper.com. Go to moderndaysniper.com and you'll see a link at the top for the online schoolhouse and click there and it'll port you over to our online training uh, website, Thanks. which is the online schoolhouse. And the reason that it's not on our website is we used, um, we used a website, um, a web platform that's specifically designed to administer online training. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's very, very, it's, it's well done because now we have the ability to each module, like we have a class, a course, fundamentals, marksmanship, and inside that are seven modules of learning. Okay. And each module is broken down and each module has an associated student handout that you can print. Each module has an associated checklist that you can print out. Right. And so there's supporting materials. And what we want to do is create the most comprehensive, all inclusive package that you could just be like, yeah. Oh shit, it's right all here. It's all right here. Yeah. 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 And a, a great thing for you, I suppose, as well is, and for the customers, you can keep adding to that. Mm -hmm. Like all yep. the stuff that's there stays there, but you can add more value and they're exactly. still subscribed. Exactly. Now we are charged, like we're charging independent, like we're charging for each course individually. Yeah. Um, but we are working on a subscription based service uh, at the moment. So it's just going to be one of those okay. things where. So people can know. pick and choose the module they want, but in future you'll probably go full access for the monthly. Fee. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll like, we'll see how that works out. That's what I'm trying to, I'm just trying to iron it out and make sure that, that yeah. when we do release it, that it's the best experience that our customers can have. That's what we're yeah. going to do. I like the idea of that because I think the thing with uh, YouTube uh, is that there's, there's a lot of information out there, but you can never really, there's a, there's a lot of different people with uh, opinions yes. and how do you validate that instructor as yep. someone who knows what they're talking about? And then the next video tells you something completely different. Yeah. That's a, you know, it's a tough one. And, and mm. I think that, that that's, there's a valid point there and it all, all depends too on like how that individual, um, uh, that company structures their YouTube page, right? How do they organize it? And like, we kind of stayed away. Like I wasn't really super big on YouTube because, you know, first and foremost, like I don't really, I don't wish to be uh, controlled, right? I don't want my content controlled by another entity that can just be like, yeah, you know what? We don't like that. We're going to shut that off. So I resisted the YouTube thing for a long time. Um, and we're starting to populate our YouTube page. And it's, it's more along the lines of it's there for brand awareness, but we want yeah. all of that content to live in an environment where we can control it. Where like, yeah. like I don't have to worry about somebody saying, you yeah, know, I don't like that video. Let's just not publish. Yeah. It was censor. Yeah, yeah. No. So that's not what we want to do. So, so I think you've, you've already answered the question, but your mission now with schoolhouse with modern day sniper, what is it? Is it to reach, more people is it to improve the quality of instruction you know precision rifle instruction 
generally or what is it that we want to we want to deep goal we want to create the most well-rounded rifleman out there right we want to create a rifleman that understands that there is a balance between art and science yeah okay? we also like one of our messages like our, our main tagline is is also putting mindfulness behind the rifle right and, and what that means a lot of people are super confused by that they're like what does that yeah. mean yeah, yeah. I don't understand. Uh, and it's, and it's more along the lines of, of understanding that, that I think, um, you know, a societal progression in terms of like more, this, more, this, the gear race here, the gear race there, like yeah. I have to have this in order to be successful. You don't need that. You need, you don't need any of that stuff to be successful provided that you have a solid baseline. In right. order for you to become a proficient shooter, you have to have a solid baseline of understanding. And in order for you to do that, you have to have mindfulness. And mindfulness yes. is also, it's wrapped into a lot of things, right? It's wrapped into what is your intent? What is your, what is your intent to learn these skills? What are you trying to do? Um, are you trying to learn these skills because you want to win competitions? Are you trying to learn these skills because you just want to be a better shooter? Um, are you trying to learn these skills because you don't want to let that buck walk again this year that you had to let walk last year? Um, yeah. you know, things like that. And then, okay, now we've got that ironed out. We've got the why figured, we got the why figured out. Yeah. Now, where are you at with your mindfulness and being present to learn? Yeah. Because that's all associated with ego and ego goes yeah. into this as well. And, and so um, we have, I mean, I have conversations with a lot of people over things like that. And especially in the competitive space, I think the competitive space has, has really helped drive a lot of innovation with product and, and innovation with, um, you know, techniques like, you know, we're constantly redefining what is capable with a rifle based upon all different kinds of things, shooters proficiency, the equipment that they're using, the challenging <laughs> stages that match directors are having to come up with now because the equipment is driving this. Yeah. Um, and so it's a constant evolution and that's, um, it, it's all along the lines of like, okay, well, if I want to learn this, um, like we, we always talk about too, like being present, what does that mean? And that's associated with being mindful. You know, being present means that I'm not focused on anything other than what is happening right now. Like I'm engaged yeah. with you in this conversation. I couldn't be present with you if I was thinking in the peripheral about like, okay, what do I have to do after I get off the phone with, with Harry Palmer? Like yeah. that's disrespectful to you, number one. And I'm not fully present into this conversation and, and being a hundred percent with you and a hundred percent with the audience. And so yeah. that's part of what we teach as well, because a lot of times, like how many times have we heard shooters as soon as they miss a target at a shooting match um, or even at a course, it's almost like they have to let you know that either I meant to do that or by, <laughs> well, saying, they knew that, yeah. by saying some obscenity or, you know, or, or like self-deprecating behavior, like, oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm an idiot or whatever. It's just like, yeah, yeah. no, you're not being present right now you're either yeah. future tripping or yeah. you're focusing on the past. None yeah. of which, none of which is yeah. contributing to helping you make the best decision possible right now to correct. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, 
you know, that thing's gone. As soon as you touch, as soon as that bullet is fired, man, it's gone. And you just have to separate, you got to separate yourself from that and, and just look at it objectively and say, okay, if I missed, let's figure out what I need to do to hit. And then we'll focus on the why afterwards. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a strong ego uh, element in shooting without a doubt, because uh, I've heard it referred to as all sorts of different things like the Y chromosome factor, the uh, whatever it is. If, you, if your buddies are watching, you shoot a certain way. If you're on your own, you shoot a different shoot way. A different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you've got, you know, Kalen is <laughs> standing over my shoulder and I'm taking that first shot, I'm sweating bullets. I'm, you know, I'm panicking um, and I'm, I'm shooting a different way, like a third different way. Mm -hmm. um, so it takes an intense mental discipline to be able to shut out all that noise, man, and stay present. Really, really important. And that's like, I got a great example of that. Um, a few years ago, actually probably more than a few years ago now, um, the Washington state fish and wildlife had, um, a sheep, a band of sheep, the local band of sheep that had been infected with pneumonia and they needed to call that herd, um, or that band of sheep. Uh, to prevent them from infecting others, other sheep before the breeding season, before the rut happened. Really? And they had, they were able to contract a bunch of, a bunch of hunters to get the majority of the band um, eradicated. And they had three sheep that were giving them problems. And these sheep, sheep are ca pretty cagey critters in that like they have very, very acute eyesight. They're hyper aware of everything that's going on around them. And they're, if they don't want to let you get close, you're not going to get close. And yeah. so this one, you had, had like not allowed anybody to get within 500 yards and the hunters that they had were like, ah, 500 yards is kind of like my limit. Yeah. And you don't want to keep shooting at this thing because it's just going to make it worse. Right. Yeah. 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 Cagey. And so I got a phone call and said, Hey, are you willing to help out with this? And I said, sure. And so they gave me a phone call one day and said, Hey, we've got this sheet bedded down. Um, and it's at this place in, in town called Windy Point and it's called Windy Point for a reason. <laughs> it's like this giant <laughs> Sounds ominous. It's, it's a, it is ominous, man. It's a giant slot Canyon that comes right out of the mountains. So it gets all of, all of those wind flows that are coming out of the mountains that are rushing the cold air that is rushing in from the mountains. Yeah. Right. And, and it always rips through there. And so I show up and this sheep is at 760 yards and she's bedded down. And I brought along a six, five Creedmoor and, uh, shooting at that time I was shooting 140 grain burger bullets. And I had like eight people there watching this thing. Oh. I was like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, come stress. To see the sniper there. Yeah. The stress is on, right? Like, man, this sucks. So <laughs> I, I, I lay down, I range the sheep. And it was almost like she knew it was the gig was up because like right as I closed the bolt, she like looked at me through the scope and stood up and got all super tense. Right. And everybody was like, Oh, you better shoot. Oh, you better shoot. I touched yeah. the first round off and I probably could have watched the hair fly off the top of her back because I missed just wow. a skosh high. And she kind of bounded up the hill about 10, 10, you know, 10 bounds and I just put it on, I just, I was like, okay, well, she's another 25 yards. I'm just going to hold top of her back, send it and just okay. crushed her. Second yeah. back, boom. And like, nice. that stress 
is there, right? Because you don't want to screw up your, you don't want to, you know, your reputation and all that stuff. But then, then again, like I look back on that now, like who cares, man, it's just, it's just shooting. It's just, it's just shooting. It's, it's almost worse though, isn't it? If you, if you miss, but you're, but you're professional and you set up the next shot and you set up the next shot and you do it, you do the system. Pro- it, your reputation is intact because you've been a professional. Mm-hmm. If you, if you miss and you go, you start messing you lose around. Your and, space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think that seems to be the difference. Do you think that, and this might be an obvious question, but do you think your military experience prepared you better to do that than the average civilian? Um, perhaps, perhaps. I mean, um, I think that has everything to do with, with individuality. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times people believe that like, if this person, if this human being participated as a member of this organization, they obviously have these types of traits. That is not necessarily always true. And, and the reason I say that is because it's all individual based. You're a volunteer and we're, we're also not looking, there's a balance, there's a fine balance there between saying, okay, I need you to have the discipline to do what you're asked to do. But at the same time, I also want you to have the ability to, to think independently and be able to make decisions on your own based upon what you know is the end goal, right? right. And so that is a definite balance. And, and when you come from the infantry, which means you're not thinking on your own, you are literally doing what is told to you. Yeah. We, the Marine Corps focuses on decentralized command in a lot of ways, meaning that like if this fire team leader doesn't have a, uh, doesn't have a squad leader, doesn't have a platoon sergeant, doesn't have a platoon commander, but yet he knows what the commander's end intent is, he can, he can accomplish that mission with his team and he has the leadership abilities to, right. to maneuver his team taking advantage of the team's capabilities with their weapon systems and their ability to communicate and move. Like that's the end goal. Yeah. But being a sniper is a little bit different because you have a lot more stuff going on, right? There's, there's yeah. a lot more stuff going on. You got to be way more aware of what the big picture is. Right. So, you know, we do want people to think independently. And so what that means is we do have people that, that, that have a lot of those, those traits, but they're all independent human beings. So they're all going to make decisions on their own based upon what they believe to be the best uh, scenario or the best response to a certain scenario. And so, so like, um, you, go on, sorry. Well, in terms of like what that situation, it's calmness. It's, it's just, it's just understanding that like, okay, yeah, I fucking missed. So I need to put another bullet down range before that sheep bounds up yeah. over the hill. And I really look like an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like sure. it's just, <laughs> I'm making a 760 yard shot under field conditions and winds that were 18 to 22 miles an hour. Yeah. Like yeah. on a live animal. It's not a piece but, of steel. Yeah. It's a live yeah. animal. And the animal's and, aware it's moving away. It's yeah. And I just missed. I mean, I made a good wing call. My dope, my elevation was off by like a tenth, a tenth of a mil or two tenths of a mil. Yeah, yeah. So, um, there's a lot of things that are going on in that scenario, and in a in a regular hunting scenario, I would never have shot at that animal in a regular hunting scenario. Yeah, like, yeah. That really pushed my limits at that point in time in my my shooting career. Okay. Do you, I've scribbled a note wildly over here that I can barely read um, because you touched on something uh, important. I thought there, 
you talked about the um, everyone knows the end goal. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is the problem with? Uh, I'll assume that everyone who is a shooter is a student forever. Um, they're always learning, and anybody who's on YouTube is there to learn. Do you think that there is so much information and so many different now ways to apply that knowledge? You've got PRS competitions, you've got Ventress competitions, you've got hunting, you've got, you know, there's all sorts of different ways. It, is it the case that there's too much information? People have lost sight of what their goal is and that's impacting their learning and their ability to progress as a shooter. Mm, is that something question. you see? Good question. There is, there is a lot of information out there and there are a lot of different trains of thought about how to get to the end goal. What is the end goal? The end goal is to hit targets with intention at whatever range you feel comfortable with making those shots happen. at. Um, obviously shooting at steel is, it's like a, it's the, the lowest risk possible, right? In yep. terms of um, what's going to happen if you miss. And so what I see though, is that I'm, I'm, a, I'm firmly in the camp that in terms of like what is being taught is nothing is proprietary in terms of like the actual information itself. We're still teaching the same stuff that like, if you look back at, okay, well, like the days, like the very early days of a firearm, the Spanish conquistadors, right? Like they still had to teach those dudes. Okay. Well, we have to get a musket ball to hit what we want it to hit. Right. So, There was, they understood certain principles of marksmanship even way back then. And so we're still, we're just building on that. And we're building on that in, in ways that we're still, the foundations are still there. It's just the way that it's delivered is unique from teacher to teacher to teacher. Okay. And what they believe to be their own truths, right? With, with results. Right. Now there's a bazillion, you know, there's a bazillion different ways that you can go about achieving the end goal. Um, but realistically, man, it all starts to funnel very narrowly. Once you get to the end, once you're starting to get to the end, it's like, Oh yeah. It, like everybody's kind of doing the same thing here. Okay. The process itself. Um, okay. Uh, like as an example, validating trajectories, um, we've seen that progress over the last 15 years greatly in terms of what is quote unquote standard practice to, to log your information into a ballistic computer program, uh, observe and interpret the results downrange, and then yeah. manipulate the, 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 uh, the variables in the computer program to make everything line up. There's some do's yeah. and there's some don'ts. And right now there are a lot of people that are still doing this the wrong way. And, okay. and they don't understand why they're doing it the wrong way. And so, yeah. um, things like that, like, and this is always going to constantly progress. It's, it's never going to remain stagnant. For sure. Yeah. Frank Galley was on the podcast, uh, before last. And he said a similar thing about ballistic calculators, that people are doing it the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting their calculator, they're playing with it, they're entering the data and then, then they go into the range. Um, and then seeing how it plays out going, why is it off? You know, it's instead of working backwards from what they're seeing downrange, what effect that rifle is actually having. Yep. And that's where we go. Like the circle of components aspect of it, because there's so much that we need to grab a hold of up front Mm -hmm. in terms of variables to define Mm -hmm. them before we start screwing with anything else. Um, yeah. 
I'll, t I'll touch on this and then, because uh, I, I keep tying myself back into the same subject, sorry, and I know we've got no, limited time, but I'm finding it very interesting. You've got a quote where you said, so many people are trying to learn the tricks of the trade before they learn the trade. Mm -hmm. And I thought that resonates with me because that's the same everywhere. You know, with yeah. this availability of information, uh, I don't, I can go and find a pro in any field and they'll tell me all their secrets. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like I've almost cheated. Like I'm, or oh, now I'm at that level. Yep. And the, mm -hmm. what, um, just to touch on this lightly, what are the biggest kind of, what are the tricks that people are, are, are trying to learn that they should just forget about? Buying forgiveness. Uh, what is that? They're buying forgiveness. Okay. With new gear. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Um, and I'll equate this to, um, I'll equate this to an experience like, cause like you said, it, it goes, it goes everywhere, right? It's in everything that we do, whatever skill it is that we're trying to progress in and, and achieve greatness or, or what we perceive to be greatness. in. yeah, we have to start with a, with a foundation, a foundational principle, right? So, okay. um, as an example, um, there's how many people out there go to the precision rifle blog when they're getting ready to shoot in like, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go shoot competitions. Like this is a lot of fun. Yeah. How many of those guys literally go to that blog, purchase exactly what the pros, the quote unquote, what the pros use. Yeah. And they got, okay, well, I've got this giant, I've got all this expensive stuff and yeah. you got these dudes that are, that are just brand new into shooting. And they're like, Oh, now I've got a fire form dasher cases and I got this amp annealer and I got this 25 pound gun and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. you don't even understand where you're at first. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your you baseline? Even, yeah. You don't even have a baseline established. And yeah. so case in point, like, and I know like we've mentioned this in a couple of episodes in the past and I refer to it only because it's real. So at an event, the Gunworks um, Monster Lake challenge that that phil this phil phil vallejo uh established and, and set Who's up your co-host he's the co-host on the modern day sniper podcast um he set up a stage where in order for the shooter to accrue points he had to use a gunworks 30 nozzler in uh using a revic optic and it was um it was like these yeti targets and they were spread out from like 580 to 620 and there were six of them it seemed like every fifth shooter that would go through that stage would complain that the gunworks rifle was not shooting well. And really, yeah. And so like I went over there at least a half a dozen times to shoot the stage. Yeah. No different. Right. I'm just using the Revic. I'm using the yeah. scope with the range yeah. readouts six for six every time. And the reason that they were complaining is that they are not understanding that you have to apply you cannot be lazy behind a 30 nozzler that weighs 10 pounds. Yeah. And you can't shoot that rifle the way that you shoot a 25 pound, six millimeter with a four port muzzle brake. And if you expect sure. to be able to do that, you are not going to understand why you're not, why you're, why you're missing. Right. Cause so, and those foundational principles that you can, that you can get away with not applying with that, big giant heavy 20, 20 plus pound competition rifle not going to happen yeah. with that other platform yeah because so, it's bolted down and you know pretty much weights yeah, on your side yeah so so but then when you go to a, a 30 nozzler that weighs you know 10 11 pounds 
that's going to knock the snot out of you. If you don't have, if you don't have a consistent, um, if you don't have a consistent uh, baseline for that rifle to recoil against, meaning you're yeah. not fully connected to it and you're not mm. really truly doing that toes to nose checklist, mm. that shooter's checklist. Like if you miss, it's going to bite you yeah. and it's going to bite you in the form of a miss. And yeah. you can, you can say, Oh yeah, I pressed the trigger with the radical center on the target. That's cool. But if your body position is screwed up and if you're not um, properly connected to that rifle, mm. doesn't mm. matter. Yeah or you're inconsistent. I think uh, you've summed that up neatly there when you said buying forgiveness. Yeah. And I think it ties in because the, the companies, are tr they know what the customer wants. Mm -hmm. the customer wants performance. Yep. They don't want hard lessons. <laughs> right. You know, like, when they go out and spend that much money. I learned, I learned that in, I, I actually learned that in the skydiving community. That's one of my hobbies outside of shooting. And when I learned how to skydive, um, I learned from military instructors, the guys that like that they do it literally every day, all day, all day. And mm -hmm. I was like, super jazz was like, yeah, I'm gonna learn how to free fly and like, like fall through the sky on my head and on my, on my, on my feet and all that stuff. And they were like, don't yeah. do that. Really? Get a couple hundred jumps under your belt, fly, be a really, really, really proficient belly flyer, be able to put your body right. anywhere you wanted in the sky, then go into free flying. Okay. And I was like, okay, well that resonates. And they said, here's why, like how many times we've gotten a bunch of military guys that are civilian skydivers on the side, they've got four or 500 skydives, but then they come to the free fall course and they can't belly fly. Really? Yeah. Because they just, it's boring as soon as, soon as they got their a license, as soon as they got their license, they're like, Oh, I want to go hang out with all the cool kids and free fly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're yeah. not free flying here. We're belly flying and you need to yeah. learn how to belly fly. And if you can't do that, then it's going to like, now you're jumping with equipment. You're jumping yeah. with oxygen and rucksacks and all this other shit. Mm, and mm. it's like, you have to have those foundational baselines to, to do that well. Yeah. And it, and it pays off in everything that you do. I mean, even if you're like a house framer, man, like if you don't, if all you've ever done, like I've got a Hilti, I've got a Hilti laser level here in the house yeah. that I'm borrowing from a friend of mine. But if you don't understand the principles of how to use a spirit level and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. A and a plumb bob, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to yeah. understand those core principles first. Like yeah, the Hilti, absolutely. Is, you make the Hilti's yeah. the easy button, right? Hilti's the <laughs> easy real. button. Yeah, but you got to know. What yeah, if the Hilti's out of battery? What are you going to do? You have to stop. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I can understand that. In fact, it's it's great because it's every single episode we've done so far. Um, the guest has said fundamentals, 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 fundamentals. <laughs> you know, yep. stop, stop worrying about the esoteric 0.5 percent. Grasp your fundamentals yeah. because almost certainly you don't have that as locked down as you think you do. Yeah. We, we see a lot of that too. Like, you know, people refuse people. It's almost like they refuse. They're like, okay, well I spent almost 15 grand on all this gear. Yeah. Why am I missing? Well, you're missing yeah. because you are now, now, now we have all these other excuses out there, right? We have all these other avenues to take. Like yeah. if a shooter, if a shooter says, well, there's a possibility that your scope doesn't track. Oh, <laughs> fucking kidding me. Now we're going to blame it on that shit or, yeah. you know, a barrel yeah. that speeds up. Like I, I yeah. watched a guy miss a 500 yard full size Ipsic silhouette and yeah. I could see his misses. His misses were literally all over the target. 
high, right. left, right, wherever. Yeah. And he comes offline. He's like, oh, my barrel must have sped up. I'm like, right, right, right. What are you doing? No, 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 no. Come here. Let's talk about this. So then, like, but you have to show them. You have to say, okay, well, if your barrel sped up at 100 feet a second, even if it's sped up 100 feet a second between shots, that only equates to this many mils. Mm-hmm. How tall is that target from center to the top of the head? It's this mm-hmm. Even if you'd still hit the target, if you were breaking center shots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and, and like, it's just the, it's like, no, dude, you're not shooting well. And you bought a bunch of gear that you thought was the easy button and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It got you out of those few situations where you were, you were miss, missing out before, but yep. then a new situation comes along and it's like, oh, you've not covered that thing. One one of the questions I had to ask you is, I'll flip to it now because we're on the subject. Do you think the training with a really heavy gun, like a lot of people are, are now getting into PRS style, that seems mm-hmm. to be driving a lot of the innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, people are training with very, very heavy guns, but they want to go hunting. And I know you do this as well, right? Mm-hmm. You You like hunting and you also like precision rifle competitions, matches, and... The, the rifles are set up completely differently. One is very, very heavy, very forgiving in that respect. You can see very clearly where that bullet has landed. It's giving you that information directly. But you can't take that gun on a mountain hunt when you have to trek because it's 25 pounds. So yep. you take a lightweight rifle, mm-hmm. which then performs, com- well, not completely differently, but quite differently yep. to that thing. It That's might a good- be a different caliber. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. I just did, I just posted a couple of video on, um, on the social media feed of a shot. I was talking about developing time standards. Like how do you develop your own individual time standard? Um, and so long story short, I chose to do this. It was five positions, one target that was, um, uh, two minutes of angle at 400 yards. So an eight inch plate at 400 yards. And first run, I shot it with a 308 and my 308 is a work gun with a three pound trigger, 18 inch barrel with a suppressor, and it only weighs like 12 pounds, right? Okay. Uh, it's what I use for military and law enforcement courses. Okay. I shot that run clean 66 seconds, not pushing myself at all. Like the, 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 the time is no, no factor. That's not the purpose of this. I saw every single one of my impacts, mm. okay? Mm. And I was able to spot my own trace on maybe half of those shots. Right. Then I did the same thing with uh, a competition rifle with um, a Gunworks Vertic stock. It's a, it's a Gunworks built 6.5 PRC. And now it's got okay. a four port, it's got a four port muzzle brake on it. Okay. Different, different optic. I shot that exact same run completely clean at 77 seconds. And I was able to spot my trace on all five of those shots in a 6.5 yeah, PRC. Okay. So the whole thing about like, I need to have this lightweight recoil or this, this super small cartridge with a big muzzle brake and a super heavy rifle. You don't need that. You don't need that. What you need is to learn how to shoot that rifle. Yeah. That's what you need to learn how to do. You need to learn how to shoot yeah. that rifle. I'm, I'm going to go shoot that PRC at, uh, at the sniper side cup this weekend. And I know okay. like I, where I'm going to be up at, uh, in Colville, Washington, I've shot there before. I've ran some training courses out there with, with Carl Taylor of InMotion Targets. And okay. I know what that terrain is like. And it's all mountain. It's all mountain. Okay. 
So your ability to read wind, there's going to be far less wind indicators out there. The winds are going to be far less predictable. And I want a bullet that is going to perform really forgiving in the wind. Yes. That's the 6.5 PRC. I'm shooting 147 grain bullets at 3,000 feet a second. Okay. And, and people, can, people are like, how would you shoot that in PR? It's not for PRS. Dude, I, I mean, I can go take that rifle. I've taken that rifle to half a dozen PRS matches, and I'm always in the top 15, top 20. Really? I don't care about winning. That's not my point. My point is to validate my training. Yeah. And so, like, and I don't feel as though that if I, if I didn't have that cartridge, that I'd be at a disadvantage. I don't really? feel that. No, mm -mm. not at all. Now, if I wanted to go, if I wanted to go in that and say, okay, I'm going to go compete and I wish to place, truly place in, you know, the top five or top, or even like go to winning the match, then yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of a story because there are some stages that are set up because of the gear race that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Match directors are kind of forced to have these things and have really, really tough, tight stages yeah. because that's what all the top level competitors are shooting. And so yeah. therefore, if you don't, if you don't have some really, really hard stages put in place, you're going to have so many tiebreakers in place. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so for that game, yes, absolutely. You really like, if you wish to truly win, then yeah. you kind of got to play the game. Yeah. It's finer margins at that very top end, I guess. Yeah. So, so like even guys that shoot like 308 at a lot of matches, like, like Jim C over in the Midwest, um, elite accuracy, Jim's a freaking awesome shooter, man. Like, um, I haven't actually shot with him, but I know that he's a really, really proficient shooter and he shoots a lot of 308 right. and he shoots a 308 and he's really, really good at it. Um, and so he'll freaking drag the rest of the field through the mud with that thing. That's funny because uh, speaking to the like the last the last few guests we've had, Chaz from Warhorse, we've had Nick Bazone, who is a, currently a Marine mm -hmm. sniper and competes. We had uh, Frank Galley. Um, it, it's almost like six five is the religion, you know, and anything yeah. else is heresy. Yeah. Um, now you're saying there's this guy he's shooting three oh eight and killing it, mm -hmm. and you think, mm -hmm. well, there it is again. It comes back to your skill. Yep. with that weapon exactly exactly and, and like i've shot i've already shot probably about this year alone i've already probably shot about four thousand rounds out of my 308 really? that's what i train with yeah really? that's what i train with because that's like that's the for me that's like once i go from you know when i go from that rifle to a competition rifle that like my six millimeter creedmoor i don't even i don't even have a rifle as heavy as the pros use um yeah. it's like 17 18 pounds um yeah. And it, like going from the 308 to that thing is like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I can yeah, get away yeah. with all kinds of crazy shit with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. forgiving for sure. Very, very I mean, forgiving. I can yeah. see both sides. Like if I was getting into it, uh, which I'm, I'm sorely tempted to do hard as that is at the moment in the UK, uh, I could see I'm, I'm tempted. I want the six, five because I want forgiveness. I don't want to be, you know, at a disadvantage and humiliated. And even, even then, like the majority of the crowd nowadays is shooting six millimeters. Right. They're, they're all going back. It's so funny too. Cause you look at it and like the six millimeter crowd with the BRs and the BRAs and stuff like that. It's like, 
y'all aren't doing anything new. Like that stuff's already been done by the bench rest guys 35, 40 years ago. It's old school, yeah. <laughs> it's all they shot. And you know, and it's like, you guys realize that, that a typical bench rest rifle back then that was shooting a six BR was 25 pounds. Well, hey, so, just naturally. Yeah. And it's like, and then people would look at that and be like, ah, that's not shooting. It's like, well, mm. that's kind of what you're doing now, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, so I'm yeah. taking, I'm taking this rifle and I'm throwing it on a bag. I'm balancing it on the bag. And aside from wind calls, I mean, that's obviously really, really important. And that's really yeah. what separates, that's what separates the wheat from the chaff yeah. when it comes to that yeah. stuff is their ability. The quality to call of the wind call. Yeah, that's big time. Um, because you are throwing a little six millimeter, 105 grain bullet out there that is not really the best performer in wind. Right. So, right. Um, you know, the six, five, depending on how fast you push them. Right. So they're actually fairly equal, like a six, 540 grain bullet at 2,850 feet a second is going to replicate pretty closely the performance of a six millimeter bullet at about 105 grains at 3,100 feet a second. They're going to have roughly okay. the same calls. Okay. Yeah. Even though one of them has a higher BC that the other one has a, has the velocity to make to that lower BC breakthrough. Yes. Okay. So, and that's another reason why I shoot like in, in the hunting world, I shoot seven millimeter because you, nobody can argue with the ballistic effectiveness of a seven millimeter projectile. Not right. even, there's no six, five bullets. There's no 30 cal bullets. It's the seven millimeter is, I mean, after that, you got to jump up into like the, the three thirty eights and three seventy fives and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's if you're shoot, if you're hunting big game, what do you shoot? Seven Psalm. Oh right, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if I didn't already have a seven Psalm chambered, um, uh, when this barrel's probably shot out of that, um, I'll probably build another rifle in six five PRC for hunt for, okay. for hunting. Yeah, um, okay. I took the I took the six five Creedmoor to Africa several years ago and on a cull hunt, and I was absolutely blown away by the performance that we had with that thing really yeah phenomenal like there's literally nothing in north america sans a you know sans a grizzly bear um that's super pissed like a grizzly bear that that you've got some standoff on totally i would have no problem killing that thing with a 6.5 green really nope no problem at all it's all shot placement is everything to do with where you put the bullet and the bullet design so yeah I mean, we were shooting zebras at 550 yards with a 6.5 Creedmoor and crushing them with one shot. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, and it's like, see, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that, but yeah, that's yep. and and like cartridge size, um, cartridge case size and caliber does not trump shot placement. This is the thing. I think I would take that into account, and if I if I know I'm shooting at a grizzly bear that's pissed off. Yeah, that's a different I'm story. Bringing a fifty cow. <laughs> yeah, so like if you're going to be hunting a grizz, like grizzly bear, really up close. Now, disclaimer: I have not yeah. hunted grizzly bear. Um, yeah, I've, I've had grizzly bear encounters that really? like they're scary. That's not fun, man. Like it's not no. fun having a really pissed off grizzly bear charge you and stop charging it 10, 15 feet away from you. Like that shit's not fun. No but moment you realize you're like, okay, yeah, I need something that has a massive amount of kinetic energy. Yeah. Yeah. This thing stop doing what it's doing. And that's when we start yeah. jumping into like 45 seventies and shit like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, looping back in a little bit on, um, into what you do, because a big part of what you do is, is as an instructor. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and Frank Galley also instructs, and he was saying when he does the training, he is training clones, is how he put it. So he mm -hmm. wants everyone laying the same way. He wants everybody's body position the same way. He wants everybody's trigger discipline exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And then they yep. work from there. Are you doing this? Are you doing that, or are you adapting to different people's styles? Different um, to an extent. So, like different body styles also require you know special attention. Um, but the foundations still remain the same. Like I want the student to be squared up behind the rifle. I want them to be able to, because what we're doing is we're eliminating variables. We're eliminating the possibility of, of um, the rifle's recoil impulse being different from shot to shot, notwithstanding okay. things like trigger control. Um, so yes, I do want students to be to Frank's got it. You know, if he said, if he said the word clone, that's a fantastic description for it because you yeah. do, you want everybody to be the same. So that way you can very closely analyze. So like once I, like my, my style is once I get everybody on a baseline mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, body position looks good. Rifle to sh rifle to body connection looks good. Now I'm, mm -hmm. Now the next thing that I'm going to start focusing on is uh, the grip. The grip is a really big, the big area that a lot of people end up kind of um, taking for granted. And then obviously with grip is trigger control. Where is the yeah? Thing sorry, replaced? trigger control. I said trigger discipline. I meant trigger yeah, control. So, so like that's a big deal. Um, and even even myself, like I notice, um, I get to I shoot the sniper side dot drill quite a bit. The the twenty one dot drill. It's super challenging. I heard you talking about this. Yes. I've not seen it though. Go, what is go, that? Go, so it's a, it's, a, it's a paper target that's to, designed to be shot at 100 yards and it has 21 one-inch dots. There's a top okay. dot and then four rows of five. And each okay. dot, the first dot is two shots in a time limit of 30 seconds from the prone position. That's kind of like your dot to just to make sure that your zero is good and, you know, wherever. Okay make okay. your adjustments as necessary. Then okay. the next, the, the first row in a time limit of 30 seconds, one magazine of three, one magazine of two, uh, 30 seconds, shoot one round in each dot, reload, yeah. clean up the last two dots with the last two rounds in 30 seconds. Okay. One inch, one inch dot. So that drill is, it, I did not design it. That's, that's Jay, that's uh, Jacob Bynum and Frank Galley designed that drill. And um, it's really a good benchmark um, for your ability to shoot um, not on your time, but on somebody else's time. Okay. And the next row down is support side, 30 seconds, one mag of five, you're, put your transition over to your support side. That screws up everybody because yeah. nobody shoots support side. And the thing that right. generally suffers on the support side is the rifle to body connection because your, your brain is not functioning and your brain is yeah. not following all of those checklist items yeah. because yeah, it's, yeah. it's geeking out. It's like, ah, this is super weird. Like, I don't understand this all feels differently. Yeah, and so yeah. you start, and, and when you miss those things, you see it on the paper. Yeah. Um, I would encourage all of you guys that are listening figure out the last time you saw at a train at a competition where people were shooting on paper at a hundred yards at surgically at surgical targets. It's not mm -hmm. happening anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's not happening anymore because people don't like it. And the reason they don't like it is because they suck at it and they don't practice it. 
And it's a lot easier to say, oh, well, there's a two-minute angle piece of steel out there at 400 yards. Yeah, I got a hit. Well, if you tried to do that same thing at, at a two-minute of angle target on paper at 100 yards yeah. or one minute of angle, like mm. telling me that your rifle shoots, you know, 0.2 all day long, provided you do what you, you know, you do your part. We've all heard that. All right. Yeah. Man. I'm not talking about Let's shooting. Go. I'm not talking about shooting a pretty little, you know, three or five shot group for Instagram, man. I'm talking about yeah. actually applying fundamentals to this rifle and making it work the way that you want it to. Yeah. And so the rest of the drill is, is like, um, you know, it's, um, uh, standing to prone and then standing to prone with the rifle in your hands. So it's, it's challenging. Um, I, I like to shoot it with half inch dots because the smaller the aiming point, the actually easier it is. Okay. And like things like, all right, well, I know when I choke up on the trigger and I know I get too aggressive on the trigger, um, yep. I, my shots go left every single time because okay. I'm, I'm actually pulling the rifle to the right, which then yeah. because we're on a bipod, the muzzle goes to the left. Is that specific to your physiology or is that something that everyone it, will do? It's this, it's your trigger finger, right. right? Right. Yeah. So like how much trigger finger you have on the trigger, which direction are you, are you truly pressing it straight to the rear? You know, things yeah. like that. And is that the same every time? Yeah, because exactly. That's, what, that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, that's, yeah. what, that's that's and that's the purpose of that that drill and it's super humbling super humbling yeah i think it's because the, there's so many things to remember you can't consciously remember it you have to my take on it is you have, you have to practice so much it's subconscious and then you use the conscious awareness to do your checklist you're like yeah yeah i've done all those things because I, I know I do all those things all the time and it just takes like a glance. Well, that's a good, than, that's a great topic, man. That's a great, that's a great thing to talk about because um, when we're training, what we're trying to do is build those, we're trying to build those neural pathways okay. of that checklist. And most people try to do it too fast. Yeah, okay. They don't have the patience to do it slow. You have to do it slow you're basically what you're doing is you're rewiring your brain. You're wiring okay. your brain to do what, like what you want it to do. And that takes time. That takes a lot of time. So like, as an example, like the, the first time I made a skydive, it was like that 55 seconds went by like literally in a heartbeat. Yeah. Now it's like, now my brain has slowed down to process information yeah. in the environment at that speed and still yeah. allow me to consciously think Yeah, those, the four levels, the four levels of progression, which is unconscious incompetence, meaning you don't know, like you're completely unaware of what you don't know. Right. Yep. Yeah. And then we have conscious incompetence. All right. Yep. So conscious, I know that I'm, I know that I'm lacking in this particular skill and I'm conscious of it. And I understand that I am incompetent and incompetence, not a bad word and incompetence mm -hmm. incompetent just means that you're uneducated in this particular topic or area. Mm -hmm. And then we have conscience competence, which means I can be competent, but I have to think about doing it in order to, in order to be competent. Okay. And then the ultimate, you know, the end state goal is to execute these tasks with unconscious competence. Yeah. We want to be able to execute those fundamentals, that checklist unconsciously competent. And the only way we're going to be able to achieve that is to force ourselves to wire your brain 
properly to begin with. Mm. Build those and is pathways. That just time behind the rifle, or is that not just time? It's pointed, pointed time with the purpose of understanding what you're doing. You need to understand that every action that I do with this rifle, be it through dry fire or just a range session, is is reinforcing a specific neural pathway that your brain is utilizing to transmit signals to your body, right? You see visual stimulus, your brain processes that information, and then your brain says, oh, okay, work the bolt now. Mm -hmm. So if I don't want my brain to work the bolt until I observe the splash of the bullet, you have to pointedly focus on making sure that that's the process you use. Yeah. That and you work sense? on that part of, it's like a sequence. You work on that part of the sequence until that's ingrained mm -hmm. and you can progress that's to the next part. Exactly of the sequence. it. And that's where I think a lot of people miss the mark. All right. They, and that's, that goes along with pressing that easy button. Yeah. And if you're too quick to press that easy button, you're really not focusing on what it is that you need to, to become a, like a, 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 a good baseline shooter. It all ties in <clears throat> and I can now understand what you're saying by your what's kind of a mantra, which is the mindfulness behind the rifle. It's um, it, it, the pressure is on. If you go to the range with your, with your mates, with your buddies, you want to perform well. If you don't perform well, you feel like you had a shit day, mm -hmm. you go buy more gear and then you come back and you cheated it because you don't want to look like an idiot again. So you, you know, and now you're doing better and you're showing off your gear and you're kind of getting a buck, but you're not, you're not really progressing. Mm -hmm. you're, you're cheating yourself out of that progression. You're, you're, you're lying to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And you're yep. never going to get any better. And mm -hmm. you have to have that mindfulness or that awareness to know that that's what you're doing. Indeed. And what you need to do is get humble and go back and practice, practice, practice. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, it's, we, you know, Philip and I talk about it quite a bit and, a couple other guys that I know that are, that are, you know, really, really high level in terms of their proficiency in their job and what it is they do, because it also involves a lot of high stress scenarios. Um, I'm constantly talking yeah. to my, to my, my skydiving buddies because they're processing information at an extremely fast rate of speed. Mm. And like, we talk about that. We talk about like, like same thing with climbing. Um, I, I, I climb in my off time. Right. And so like, that is, a, that's another one of those things that like, dude, you are in the zone. You are mm. focused on nothing but that next mm. placement and that you could be in that zone for hours. Mm. You know, you mm. could be in that zone for hours and that's what it means to be present. Like I am literally not thinking about anything else other than this, because I know that if I make a mistake, there's extremely high consequences involved with that mistake. Yeah. So we really have to be super laser focused. And that's, and that's like shooting is that like people don't realize that like shooting is that. And if you're, as soon as you connect yourself to that rifle, and as soon as you obtain a sight picture, you should not be thinking about anything other than what is happening right now in that time. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's what it means to be present. And that's, and that's, that's it. And, and like a lot of people too, like I'm gonna throw it out there. Um, it, shooting is very yogic. And all yoga is, is a connection between your mind and your body. Yes. That's staying here. That's staying. Yeah, it means yoking, doesn't it? Yoga. It's like yeah. yoking the mind and the body. Exactly. It's unity. And so that's exactly what we're trying to do with a rifle. 
It's exactly what we're trying to do. There's no, there's, it's a parallel. Okay. And, um, you know, in, in yoga, my yoga practice has drastically helped me in that big time because in in a yoga practice, you're, it's not necessarily about nailing a, a yoga pose. It's about, it's about being connected to, to one particular aspect of your body and saying, okay, I need you to do this in order to mm-hmm. get it to this point. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what shooting is. Mm-hmm. Even, yeah, like, yeah. even more so with positional shooting. And that's a whole different, whole different topic. Yeah. All the way. It, I'm sure it trains you to hold the, uh, the uncomfortable position as well. If well, you're that, in an awkward position to take that shot and you're feeling well, a bit of pain because that's, the yoga does, yes. does that, doesn't it? Well, it, it makes you, it makes like a good yoga teacher will know exactly where you're at in that situation and they'll provide guidance to you to say, okay, well, if you're, if you're feeling some stress and strain in the back of your hamstring, move your foot forward, you know, a half of an inch and you'll mm-hmm. move your foot forward a half an inch and it'll go away and you're just like, dope. Okay, cool. <laughs> Right? Yeah. How did and that so, happen? And so yeah. guess what? That's how I, that's how I teach people because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to progress my knowledge. I'm trying to progress my ability to communicate with my, with my shooters. And it's yeah. like, those are ways that we can have a better connection between us and the rifle. We're trying to find that moment of stillness and in a, in a pose, mm. that's the goal as well. I'm trying to find that moment of stillness where it's like, ah, for my particular body style and my particular abilities, yeah, I've got it. I nailed it. And next time yeah. we're going to take it to a little bit different level. We'll take it a little bit higher. And yeah. that's the whole goal. And that's it. Yeah. It's that constant, steady progression with awareness. Exactly. Mindfulness behind the rifle. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Um, look, I'm very conscious that now we've eaten up a lot of your time. So, no, it's fine. Um, it's great. I love talking about this stuff. It's good stuff. Oh, I, me too. It's it's fantastic. I could, I could kill uh, people's days with this. <laughs> um, can we wrap up on sure. uh, a couple of... I'll just see if I've missed anything critical here from my list. Um, some little, just throw, throwing these things out there. I know these are sometimes a little bit trite because the answer can't really be said in bullet points. But for someone who's an experienced precision shooter, what can they work on? Maybe one thing, two things. What can they work on now to see incremental gains or to see they've already achieved a reasonable level, but to see that progression? Um, work on natural point of aim. Okay. Work on getting, getting, work on getting that rifle to point exactly where you want it to point with zero influence from yourself. And I'm not talking about free recoil either guys. I'm talking about having the rifle connected to your body and using your body to manipulate and aim the rifle. Cause that's all we're doing. You're, you're aiming the rifle with your body. And so working on natural point of aim, if it's any one thing that I tell my students when, when they come to, to class, it is, the, the most, in my personal opinion in precision shooting, the most important fundamental is to understand what natural point of aim is, how to obtain it, how to manipulate it and what to look for. Would you say the same thing for a newbie? Uh, absolutely. Was, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Because if I, if you start, if you start shooting by chasing a wobble, mm-hmm. you are going to, man, your, your ability to progress is going to be significantly longer than if you would just stop, slow down, and focus on finding that moment of stillness, letting the reticle settle onto the target, 
I don't care if it mm-hmm. takes you 10 minutes to fire five shots, but those five shots, remember what we're trying to do is we're trying to program your brain. We're trying to wire your brain. Yes. And that's the key. That really is the key. Yeah. I can see that if you are, if you, if you are, um, a user, um, a, 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 a vernacular phrase, if you're pissing around a problem <laughs> rather than solving the problem, yep. uh, you're creating the wrong neural pathway or the, yep. which then has to be undone later when that problem resurfaces. And that's super, it's super hard to rewire, man. Mm. It's really hard to rewire big time. Okay. Um, what is a, if you don't mind sharing some, some of your, some of your techniques or some, some of your instructional techniques, is there a training drill or something that people could do right now or after they get off listening to this podcast, after they get to the range, maybe get home, uh, that would help them improve either their mindfulness behind the rifle or their, um, just the fundamentals or their performance downrange. Yeah. Um, one of the drills that, that we focus on a lot in the course is, is just a couple of warm up drills and they're usually just fundamental fun, very simple, but also at the same time, quite complex. Um, the one that is, uh, that, that I shoot a lot almost every day that I either drive fire or actually on the range is what I call the consistency check drill. And so all that is, is we're not shooting groups. We're just shooting one single shot at a target. And I usually do no less than 15 reps. Um, and the goal is to every single shot, focus on that shooter's checklist, go toes to nose, focus on everything that's going on, get your body position dialed, sights, breathing, natural point of aim, trigger control, follow through. Um, there's obviously there's some other things in there that are going on, but, um, mm-hmm. and every single time you shoot, you're going to disconnect yourself from the rifle. Then you reconnect yourself to the rifle, go through that whole process over again. Okay. That's, how, that's how we can wire the brain. And okay. who care, like shooting groups don't, who, I don't give a shit about how well you can shoot groups. I don't care about that. What yeah. I care about is how many times, how consistently can you attach yourself to the rifle, connect yourself to the rifle and do it the same way every single time. And so for that, are people, are they, are they, are they walking up to the rifle, getting prone and yeah. setting up? You can do it in the prone. Like if you're just learning and you're just starting, you can do it in the prone position at a hundred yards. Um, I actually have, I actually have students shoot at with really large targets with that because I also want them to focus on aiming. Um, okay. You throw a three minute of angle target up at a hundred yards. People are like, ah, I can hit that. No problem. You'd be surprised at how many people <laughs> don't um, because they're too busy aiming at something that they're, they're, they're like, cause there's aiming processes and things that are going on. But you can also mm-hmm. do this drill in positions too. I teach a lot of it in position okay. shooting as well. Like in our positional shooting clinic, we spend a lot of time at the hundred yard line because okay. that's my way of being able to identify what it is that you're doing yeah. without the influences of dope and wind. Right. Yep. So I can remove all of those variables at a hundred yards and really truly see what you're capable of as a shooter with your fundamentals. And so just do it at a hundred yeah. yards. Just say, okay, well, I'm going to shoot from the standing position, 15 shots, one shot at each target. And then you can go down range and you can look. And then if everything was done right, you've got a 15 round group. Right. There are 15 separate shots at 15 different side yeah. pictures. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And, and, this, and you can dry fire this. In totally. Room. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I recommend people that are dry firing to be, to be shooting at a minute of angle target, at least okay. a minute of angle okay. target, if not smaller. Um, it's, uh, it's, that's just what I've found for me to, to be able to identify like things that I'm doing wrong with my sight picture or trigger press or whatever. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. That's, um, that's packed with, uh, with good stuff. Thank you. You're um, welcome, man. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity to chat. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure. Um, I like to round out with a, like a more profound question, if that's okay with you, which is sure. what are your words to live by? What's like a mantra? Uh, be, authentic. be authentic. Be authentic. Just be yourself. Awesome. And that like, it's not, it's not as simple as it sounds. Sometimes mm-hmm. that takes, sometimes that takes a lot of work, but uh, just be yourself, be authentic. Mm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's going to uh, show up in everything that you do. I guess I'll just, uh, one last thing I'll leave you with, like, we all have to have an ego. Your ego is your person. Like your ego is who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can change that through awareness, okay. right? You can change mm-hmm. that through awareness and, and, and identifying what your intentions are because mm-hmm when you identify what your attentions are, that means that you do have to get in touch with your ego. And sometimes that can be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. So yeah, man. True story. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Fantastic, man. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, you've been super generous with your time. I appreciate it. I think the listeners are going to hugely appreciate this episode because it's, it's been really cool. I appreciate Um, the opportunity, man. Thank you. No worries. Where can people find you? Is it moderndaysniper.com? Yeah, uh, moderndaysniper.com. Uh, that'll take you to our main website and you can kind of cruise around there, see what we got going on. Um, uh, Instagram stuff, um, moderndaysniper is our Instagram handle. Uh, my personal Instagram handle is kalen8541. And um, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find us. We do have a Facebook page. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. Uh, that's, that's cool too. Um, but uh, the majority of the information, I would highly encourage everybody to get on our email list if you haven't already done so, because that's where we're going to, we are going to start pushing out like monthly newsletters at first. And then eventually if I can get my shit together, we will start doing it bi-monthly. So uh, that means <laughs> cool. twice a month, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. That, and like, that's where you're going to hear a lot of news, um, a lot of information. Mm-hmm. What we're going to try to do is make the email um our newsletters have like little tidbits of instructional information in there too, that that way you can take okay. it with you. It's not all going to be they can sign up. And shit. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone's got so much inbox spam that there's yeah. just no space for that. Yep. Um, is they sign up for your email list on the website, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So go to the website, modernday Look for the sign up form. That's yep. where you want to be. Bam. You've been listening to the tier one podcast. Brought to you by Tier One, makers of the world's finest rifle accessories. Find out more at tier-one-usa.com. And tune in for more great insights on the next episode.